Well, would you turn with me to the book of Proverbs? <coughs> just going to look at one verse today, actually just part of one verse. We're in Proverbs 23 and verse 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy truth and do not sell it. I saw a quote by a uh, famous mathematician, scientist, and also Christian from the 17th century, a man named Blaise Pascal. And he said this, Truth is so obscured nowadays and lies so well and lies so well established that unless we love the truth, we shall never recognize it. Truth is obscured, lies are established, and unless we love the truth, we shall never recognize it. Now, if that was true in Pascal's day, how much more in ours? In a day of very refined propaganda techniques, uh, a day of misinformation and disinformation, a day of fake news, uh, we have to love the truth or we'll not find the truth, we'll not see the truth. But I thought that quote went very well with what we're looking at today. I'd like to share with you some thoughts about buying the truth and not selling it. So what are we talking about when we speak of truth? Well, there's a number of ways of looking at it, but one that I think is very good is truth is that which corresponds to reality. Truth is that which corresponds to reality. Knowledge that matches the way things really are. If we think we know the truth, if if what we think we know is truth does not match reality, it will bring us a lot of problems and perplexities and confusion. That's why having the truth in any area is such a valuable possession just to have some truth to stand on. You can say, this is right, this is true, this matches reality. Ultimately, it can make the difference between life and death. In this proverb, we have a very simple exhortation with very profound implications. I think the main idea is that we should have such a view of the importance of truth that it is, it is worth everything to buy it. And if we have it, we should never sell it. Truth is the basis for a just society, the basis for law and order, the basis for reliable knowledge, and most importantly, it's the basis for salvation. If there is no absolute truth, There can be no real justice, no unchanging moral law, no certain knowledge, 
One man said this, he said, Truth is the foundation of all knowledge and the cement of all societies. It is the foundation for holiness and godliness. Remember Jesus said, Sanctify them in truth, thy word is truth. Sanctify and make them holy in truth, thy word is truth. Paul said it this way, God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. If you're going to be saved, if you're going to be sanctified, you're going to have to have faith in the truth. Without truth, little goodness will come forth from our lives because right practice comes from right principles. Truth. And in that quote about... Uh, truth being the cement of society if that's the case if truth is a cement of society it's no wonder that the Soviet Union fell apart it could not remain a union since it was founded upon a lie the lie of Marxism but closer to home can the United States long endure when truth is being trampled in the streets a majority of American, Americans actually say that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Is it any wonder that there's such divisions in the United States when people have that kind of an attitude? No, thing is, no such thing as absolute truth. Here's something even sadder. Even among the so-called born-again Christians, more than half say they do, they do not believe there is any absolute truth. Isn't that amazing? No such thing as absolute truth. That's just another way of saying that they don't believe in Christ. Because Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now how can you not believe in absolute truth and say you believe in Christ who said, I'm the truth? So here are some simple questions concerning this subject of buying the truth. Is there such a thing as truth? Yes. The Bible tells us so. Is truth obtainable? Yes. The Bible tells us so. Do we need it? Yes. The Bible tells us so. How do we get it? Well, we must desire it enough to buy it. The Bible tells us so right here. Buy truth. We must desire it enough to buy it. We must be willing to study, investigate, meditate, and pray. Another question then, where can we buy it? Well, the answer should be obvious from the one who has it. The God of all truth. The one who is absolutely always truthful. As we said, truth is that which corresponds to reality. And God is the ultimate reality. The simple truth that God is, is the prime reality of all existence. Just that one simple truth, two words, God is. That's the prime reality of all of our lives, of every person's life. In him we live and move and have our being. If you don't start there, all is meaningless. 
You cannot have any meaning to life and let you start right there. God is. In one way or another, all truth points to him. If you're going to purchase the truth, you must get it from the one who is full of grace and truth. The one who said that he is the truth. You're going to have to get it from the spirit of truth. The one who guides into all truth. In other words, all truth ultimately has its foundation in and points to the triune God. It all belongs to him, so we must look to him if we're going to buy the truth. That's where we're going to get it. On the other hand, John Bunyan, in his allegory, Pilgrim's Progress, tells us where we cannot buy the truth. In the story that he tells in Pilgrim's Progress, he talks about two Christians who are passing through an area called Vanity Fair. And they're showing all kinds of merchandise consisting of vanities, lusts, and pleasures of this world and of the flesh. As they pass through this area of Vanity Fair, there's various shops and displays with dealers crying out, Buy! Buy this, buy that. There was even religious things there to buy. But the one answer that the Christians gave to all the shop owners was very simple. We buy the truth. (laughs) Well, that got them into a lot of trouble. They were put in a cage, and uh, people of Vanity Fair were angry enough that Pilgrim's friend called Faithful was actually put on trial and condemned to death. Just because of this one statement, we buy the truth. They wouldn't listen to all the other things. They wouldn't buy those things that were trying to be sold. I think Bunyan's point is that Vanity Fair, which is the unbelieving world, is not the place to buy truth. Even though it seems like there's many people there and they seem to be thriving. Which tells us that truth cannot be determined by numbers or popularity. A great following does not mean truth is being presented. Nor nor is truth determined by majority vote or by who shouts the loudest or by some celebrity or by our subjective feelings. The fact is, if we buy those things sold at Vanity Fair, we will not want to buy the truth. If we spend our money on things that are not truth and be filled up with those things, uh, those vain and worthless things, we just will have no desire for the truth. Which brings us to what probably is the most important question. How much does truth cost? Said by the truth. Well, that would be the next question, wouldn't it? How much does it cost? Well, it can be bought without money and without price. It's a free gift, but it will cost you everything. One of the biblical paradoxes. It's a free gift. It'll cost you everything. The price is yourself. 
The writer of Proverbs goes on and tells us that just a few verses down. Give me your heart, my son. That's the price. You can't earn the truth, nor can you merit it, but you must desire it with all your heart. It's like, again, what the writer of Proverbs said back in chapter 2. Let me just read this to you. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of the holy, uh, the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. You must be willing to take the position at all costs. At all costs, I must have the truth. If you don't really want it, you won't have it. As Pascal said, we must love the truth in order to receive the truth, recognize the truth, and know the truth. And this is not a one-time thing. Remember, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, make you free, continuing in his word. We must continually be taught. We must remain teachable. Now, back in the 1960s, that's the last century, when I, was in, when I was in high school and college, there were people who styled themselves seekers of truth. Now that sounded pretty good, but there was a problem. The problem was very simple. They would not buy the truth because it cost too much. The cost was too great. Actually, this attitude was not new. There's always been people who have been ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, in matters of truth, you cannot window shop. You can't just wish for it or talk about how good it would be if you had it. You have to buy it. You must buy the truth. And people will not do that for one main reason. It costs too much. Even though it's free, it costs too much. At least they think it costs too much. Truth is not an abstract philosophical or religious system. Just something you can intellectually embrace. Truth, ultimately, is in a person. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. What he said and did cuts right to the heart and exposes our sinfulness, our selfishness, and our self-righteousness. Pride and prejudice and political correctness must be left behind and lies must be repudiated to have the truth. God's radical reality, we said 
Truth is that which corresponds to reality. God's radical reality must be embraced. What is that radical reality? Well, let me name just a few parts of it. The truth is that we're in a terrible mess. The truth is we don't seek the truth. The truth is that, in fact, we actually suppress the truth. The truth is we're masters of self-deception, claiming to strive after knowledge and understanding while we're actually running in the opposite direction. The truth is we're in desperate need of salvation and we can't save ourselves. The truth is we desperately need Christ. And most people will not buy that truth because they think it costs too much. It costs too much to discard their lies and repent and believe the gospel. Well, what I'd like to do is give two examples of people who had the opportunity to buy the truth and didn't, and also two examples of people who bought the truth on the negative side, that is, that is of not buying the truth, you have a nameless person, we just call him the rich young ruler, and then we have another ruler that we know the name of, very famous name, Pontius Pilate. So those are the two examples I'd like to give related to those who would not buy the truth. They had the opportunity, but didn't buy the truth. Jesus spoke to that rich young ruler, and I believe that he, that is the rich young ruler, knew that Jesus was telling him the truth. But the cost of embracing the truth was too high. Let me just turn to this real quickly. This is in Luke chapter 18. We won't read all this, but just... uh, kind of a synopsis here. This ruler came to Jesus and said, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What, what do I do to go to heaven? What do I do? Well, they talk a little bit. And it uh, comes down to this. Jesus mentioned some things from the law. and He says, I've done all those things from my youth. I got a clean slate. At least he thought he did. Well, Jesus knew there was a heart issue here. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack, sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Now, you might think that the issue is how much money he had, because he was a rich young ruler. But the issue was not really that he had riches, but rather that riches had him. As Jesus said in another place, you cannot serve God and mammon. This man's true treasure was on earth, not in heaven, even though he said he wanted to know how to go go to heaven. But his true treasure was still on earth, and Jesus knew that had to be dealt with. If Jesus is to be Lord in your life and in my life, he must change we, we have to have this attitude of whatever the cost, I'm going 
to listen to Christ. If Jesus is to be your Lord, you must be in charge of every area of your life. That simple truth is what keeps many people from buying the truth. Just that one thing. In other words, Jesus is going to be in charge from now on. People want to remain sovereign over themselves. So they will not buy the truth. This rich young ruler did not buy the truth. Then there's this man, this ruler, Pontius Pilate. When Jesus was brought before him by the Jewish leaders, Pilate actually had the embodiment of truth standing right before him. Truth was looking him in the face. And Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. In fact, he said, I find no guilt in this man. He could have bought the truth right then as Jesus was talking with him. But he, he didn't. He didn't yield to those impressions that were touching his heart and conscience. What he did was lightly brush these inward stirrings aside. Even when Jesus told him that everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He said, I want to hear, you. I want to hear more of what you've got to say. I want to hear your voice. He didn't do that. Pilate callously and I think probably scoffingly said these sad words. What is truth? What is truth? With truth standing right there. You see, this statement of Jesus, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. We must hear and heed what Jesus says. If we're going to have the truth, if we're going to buy the truth. He had, Pilate had the opportunity to buy the truth, but he had no sincere desire to know the truth. The price of losing popularity and his position in society was too high. At least he thought it was too high. But is the price ever really too high to buy the truth? What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Is it too much to leave your sin and self-life in order to gain eternal life? You remember what Jim Elliot said? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. The gain is infinitely more than anything we could lose in order to buy the truth. Infinitely more. If you buy the truth, you gain God as your Father. You gain Christ as your Savior. You gain the Holy Spirit as your Comforter. You gain the forgiveness of your sins. You have heaven as your home. You do not lose anything of lasting value if you buy the truth. 
and you gain what is of infinite value. Two people who saw this clearly, two people who were examples of those who did buy the truth, are Moses and Paul. Moses bought the truth by following God in faith when it was very costly. And I just want to read one section out of Hebrews that brings that out very clearly. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. The cost was not too great. He knew that the reproach of Christ was greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So he bought the truth. Paul's another good example of one who bought the truth. It cost him his privileged position in the Jewish religion. But he did not consider leaving his old life behind in order to follow Christ as any kind of a bad deal. As he said in Philippians 3, 7 and 8, But whatsoever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value. The surpassing value. It's gain, you see. In view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, my Lord. Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. What's he saying? He's just saying... I bought the truth. This is how it came about. By the grace of God, he was able to see that the loss of all things in order to gain Christ was a tremendous bargain. Losing what is by comparison rubbish in order to gain redemption. Rubbish for redemption, that's a pretty good deal. (laughs) Only a fool would turn down such a transaction. So we are to buy the truth and not to sell it. Not to sell it. Which means that if we have bought the truth, there will be temptations to sell it. How can we sell the truth? What should we think about in that category? Well, we can sell it by compromising it. Just fudging here a little there, giving it a little there, fudging on, well, you know, the type of thing we're talking about. I thought this quote from J. Gresham Machen was pretty good. He said, Witness bravely to the truth. Witness bravely to the truth that you already understand, and more will be given to you. But make common cause with those who deny or ignore the gospel of Christ, and the enemy will forever run riot in your life. So if you start compromising, that is a dead-end street. The enemy will forever run riot in your life. 
So don't compromise the truth. We can sell the truth by letting excessive activities crowd out serious, sustained contemplation of the really fundamental truths concerning our existence. I'm talking about thinking deeply on God and sin and redemption and justice and mercy and faith and death and eternity. Just letting those things be pushed aside because of the whirlwind of activity, whirlwind of worldly involvement. Now when I talk about thinking deeply on those things, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend a lot of time studying a systematic theology book. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes God speaks to us in other ways. Sometimes you can learn wonderful truths from God by studying a flower. Jesus said, observe the lilies. Uh, There's been times that I've been helped as much by just looking at a flower in the sunlight as I have been by reading the Bible. God can teach us in a lot of different ways. Well, we're talking about selling the truth. We can also be tempted to sell the truth through the fear of man. The fear of man can make us too cowardly to speak the truth or even to live the truth. Fear of ridicule or rejection have caused some to sell the truth. Another way we can sell the truth is through complacency and neglect. Or you might say just plain old laziness. Just not willing to study and dig in and meditate and contemplate the things of God. You can sell the truth through loving this present world system. Esau sold the truth and lost his birthright. Demas sold the truth and lost his discipleship. Judas sold the truth and lost his soul. But actually, I think they never really bought the truth in the first place, those examples that I gave there. I think it is true that no one who has truly bought the truth will be willing to sell it in order to gain any earthly benefit. Not lentil stew, not lentil stew, not pleasures of the world, not thirty pieces of silver. If you have truth, you won't want to sell it. Yeah. There will be temptations, but you won't want to give it up. You'll want to hold it fast because you know it's life. Even if God's spoken to you something here today, some truth, hold on to it. Grab on to it. Hold it fast. Let me quote Spurgeon here in closing in this area of selling the truth. He says, Sell it not. Sell it not. It costs Christ too dear. Sell it not. You made a good bargain when you bought it. Be resolved, come fair or come foul, come storm or come calm, come sickness or come health, come poverty or come wealth, come death itself. 
Yet none shall separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus your Lord. And none shall make you part from the truths you have learned and received from his word and the truths you have felt uh, and that have been wrought in your soul by his spirit. Buy truth and do not sell it. Well, we should never sell the truth, but we should give it away. We should share it with those who are in need. One way of viewing the sad state of the world is that people are victims of lies and bad ideas. People walking around believing a bunch of stuff that doesn't fit reality. So they need to see and hear reality in your lives, in my life. We need to share it, you see, so people can, so they can themselves buy the truth. People, we should seek to share the truth with those who are believing lies, encouraging them through our words and our actions to buy the truth and not sell it. So the question for each of us here this morning is simple. Have we had such a view of divine truth that it has made us realize that truth is worth everything? That we bought the truth through giving ourselves to God? And have we had such a view of the truth that makes us realize we would never want to sell what God has given us? So may God grant each of us that reality. Now I want to quote. I want to quote. Uh, it's a song. I'm not going to sing it, but I, I will quote it because I've talked a lot, quite a bit about the idea of holding the truth, holding the truth fast. And ultimately, it's not so much that we hold the truth fast; is that it's that the truth holds us fast. That's, that's one of the wonderful things about getting hold of the truth. It gets a hold of you. So here's a, here's a song. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the temp- tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold, but he will hold me fast. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost, he will hold me fast. For my life he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Risen with him to endless life, he will hold me fast till our faith is turned aside when he comes at last. And then the chorus, chorus, he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. So buy the truth, buy the truth, and do not sell it.
a very simple exhortation that has eternal implications. Let's pray. Father, in a world of lies and deception, disinformation, we're so thankful to be able to stand on something solid, the truth of God, the truth He wrought in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Father, that uh, we would continue in your word so that more and more we'd know the truth and the truth would set us free. Help us to just be thankful people for having a solid place to stand in a world of shifting sand. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the way, the truth, and the life. Help us to walk out of here today as those who have a a message of truth to people who are victims of lies and deception. Help us through our lives and our words to proclaim the glorious truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well...